hear the good news. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to his grace in which we stand. We boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Be at peace. Live in joy. Our scripture reading today comes from several places. But as you listen to this scripture, I'm going to pray this prayer for you. Our gracious God, help all of us to listen to your word. By your spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do to faithfully serve Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let those that have ears hear the word of God. We'll start with Revelation 5, 13 and 14. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that, all of them, all of them were saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Revelation 7, 11, and 12. All the angels, all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. In Psalm 106, 48, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, those of you who have been following along with our sermon series this spring know that it was inspired by part three of Handel's Messiah. And Handel's Messiah ends with Amen, echoing the response of praise offered after the song, Worthy is the Lamb, in Revelation chapter 5. And so, it's appropriate that our series on the triumph of life in the rising of Jesus Christ should end on this same note, and to consider the power of that word that is the final word of faith. We have a discussion question, and it gets at a very huge, real conundrum in the church throughout the ages, is we know that this word is important. Many of us say it multiple times a day, but how do you pronounce it? What is the right way to say amen, or is it amen, or does it depend? Gather in groups with like three or four people around you and share 
your idea about how you pronounce this important word. Gather and go. All right, okay, it was a pretty simple question. Uh, I wonder if you, if you had to, to choose one to go with, like for the rest of your lives, which, which one would it be? Do we have any amens? Raise your hand if you're, in, you're part of the amen crowd. Okay, hands down. Part of the amen crowd. Any amens? Okay, a little bit more on the amens, but, but the amens are there, and uh, so... We're going to learn a few things during this sermon about the amen, amen thing. But it really truly is the final word of faith. It is often the final word in our prayers. In these, these scriptural songs of praise, you see it in the Psalms, you also see it in these two songs that, that we read excerpts from in the book of Revelation, one from chapter 5 and one from chapter 7, they end with this acclamation, this public claim, amen. Revelations 5, 13 and 14, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And then just two chapters later in Revelation 7, All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen is a Hebrew word that became a Greek word in the writing of the New Testament. It is directly transliterated from the Hebrew, and in New Testament Greek, it's pronounced the exact same way as it is in Hebrew. Now, it, it's unique to the word amen. Not every Hebrew word gets transliterated into a Greek word that, is, that kind of is spelled the same and sounds the same. A good example of this is the Hebrew word messiah. That word in Greek is Christ. So the word for Messiah in Greek is Christ. That's why you, when, when the New Testament speaks of the word Messiah, they're specifically quoting the, the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. And when, the, when, it's, you, when Christ is used, that is a, a, a telling about the Messiah in the language of the day um, that the New Testament was written in, which was Greek. But it's pronounced the same. So whether you are in the Old Testament and reading Hebrew, in the Old Testament it is amen. And in Greek it is exactly the same. Different letters, different different, uh, 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 ways of, uh, like the vowel sounds and everything, but still the same pronunciation, amen. So in some ways the actual biblical pronunciation of the term is, is a combination of both. 
it's not exactly amen or amen, it's amen. But the amen, think about the pronunciation of amen, how common it is in formal spoken prayers. You think of that word, I think, more of a high church word, possibly because uh, higher churches uh, with, a, with a higher form of liturgy, they would sing through the liturgy. There'd be a cantor who would sing, and, and there's just something about the tone in which they sing and the, the sound amen being uh, rolling off the tongue. Think of the classic hymns, and we occasionally sing the amen at the end of a hymn, but, but some of you remember doing this every Sunday multiple times. There would be an amen at the end of every hymn, and that was an amen, wasn't it? Right, that was an amen. And that probably had a formative influence on those of us who, who pronounce it amen most of the time. And that is how it is in classical music. Uh, uh, I was just at, at the uh, Seattle Symphony last night and which for a performance of Verdi's Requiem, and there is the word amen, and it is pronounced amen. Today, we have the opportunity to hear the very final movement in Handel's Messiah, that ends with amen. In scripture, the word amen appears more times than we might suspect in our English Bibles. Like if we did a, a, a word search, which you can do like on BibleGateway.com, you can put in a word and choose the translation of the Bible and find out every uh, instance of that word in scripture. But here's the problem. That only works when when you translate the original word you're looking for from the original language into the English equivalent. So there are twice as many, uh, or nearly twice as many occurrences of the word amen than appear in our English Bibles. And most of those are in the Gospels, and Jesus says it. And it's a, it, this is a kind of a real clue into what amen as a word truly means. Because it truly means Truly. So every time Jesus makes a statement where he says, truly I tell you, that word he speaks is amen. Some of you grew up reading the King James Version. And I, I remember some of that because I memorized scriptures when I was a kid. In that, And I remember, verily, verily, I say unto thee. Do you remember that? The word verily, which means truly, is amen. Truly. It is true that. Indeed, certainly, surely, and finally, so be it. In the urban vernacular of my growing up years, it would be word. Do you remember that? We should not let that word die. Now, I'm telling you, word. There's just something about that. Word. Yes. True. <clears throat> These are responses that we make to say truly whatever is being said in praise and prayer. When we went, end it with amen, we are saying it is true. Truly. 
so be it. Word. It is the response in Christian praise and doxology. It's it's, it has widespread use in Judaism. And, and then from the early Judaism into Christian worship. It's a way that we attest to what is being said. It's a way we acknowledge God's word. It's a way we acclaim, that, that we say in response, an acclamation is, is, is kind of a, it's a shout. It's, it's something that we say and we're just moved to say, yes. It's a way that in the church we agree with what's being said as true for us. Our officers uh, that we elected a few weeks ago are composing their statements of faith in preparation for their examination with the session this coming Tuesday. And I was pondering that exercise as I was thinking about the word amen or amen and how much of a statement of faith that word is. If you don't agree with what's being said, you don't say amen, do you? When we agree with what's being said. Think back to those texts from Revelation. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. If you don't want that to be said, stay quiet. Stay quiet. You have nothing to say at that point. But if you say, yes, that's true. Yes, I'm in. Word. You say, Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? All right, all right. Psalm 106, 48 gives us another dimension of the word amen in Scripture. And this one comes straight out of, of Hebrew worship. The words of, of the verse... Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Which, by the way, in Hebrew is hallelujah. So, Amen and hallelujah come right out of the Psalms. And I say, Amen here because this phrase, let the people say, Amen has a special role in the call and response of the African-American church tradition of preaching. Amen? And by extension of this, from those roots in church worship services, the music took on that same flavor. And amen becomes a powerful and significant word in gospel music. So to many of us, who, who say amen rather than amen. That might mean that we've spent a little bit of time around gospel music. I could probably start singing a song right now and we'd all sing it. Amen. 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 Adrian, go. Let me... So anyway, we know it. It's in our heart. It's in Christian worship. Uh, so, we, so amen is so powerfully important in, in that classical expression of music. And amen so much in gospel music. 
And that's where there's uh, an, an amen connection to Juneteenth. Juneteenth is the commemoration of when the freeing of the slaves that was declared in the Emancipation Proclamation finally reached the far-off land of Texas. And now it's a federal holiday celebrated on this day, June 19th. After Union General Gordon Granger announced freedom to the slaves in Galveston with Order No. 3 on June 19th, 1865, the celebrations that started one year later right there in Galveston began with church-centered community gatherings and worship. And it spread. And so worship in the African-American church has been, has been the kind of the, the way to celebrate Juneteenth for many, many years. And we're just getting to know that as it's now a new federal holiday. But not only have many amen songs being sung through the years on Juneteenth, but the action of the freeing of the slaves was the amen to the original Emancipation Proclamation. Think about that. Think about you can say something, but if you don't agree with it, you just let it go, right? You know, just like all praise and glory belong to God. If you don't believe that, you don't have much to say. Abraham Lincoln pronounced the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves. But if it was just words, and, and it was never going to happen, then that was the end of it. But the great story in our American history is that wasn't the end of it. That it was worked out. And there came a day, June 19th, 1865, when the, the promise of freedom in the Emancipation Proclamation actually happened. That was the amen, the true, verily, yes, freedom. And amen is the word of the faithful response of God's people to God's word. Now, the emphasis also here from this psalm is let all the people say. Let all the people say. In the psalms, we get this concept that, that it really involves all of us. It, it's a common word for the church, not just for us individually. Let us all say amen. Let us say it together. And so we get to the end of our series with this word that often is at the end of statements of faith and praise. We have recounted the victory over death accomplished in the rising of Jesus Christ, the triumph of life. And so it's time for our response. And this is our amen. Let's say amen today. Today, after having learned of this good news, of the victory of life over death, eternally, with eternal significance, let's lend the amen of our lives to that word. And there are three different ways I offer this to you one is the amen of evangelism. We don't often say that word around here in these Presbyterian parts. 
But evangelism is just the, the, the announcement of the gospel, the good news of the fact that Jesus is risen, and that makes a difference for our lives now, and yes, even for eternity. So the amen of evangelism is about learning about the victory of Jesus Christ and not keeping it to ourselves. You see, there might be people out there that are as far away as Galveston, Texas is from Washington, D.C., who need to know the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We might know some of them. We might love some of them. God might be calling us to bring this message to them. To show that love and to share that love. Who will it be for you? As you lend the amen of your own evangelism to the victorious song of praise. The second that I offer is the amen of ethics. The amen of ethics. Now, this is like a bookend to the evangelism. You know, in our Presbyterian church, in our book of order, yes, I'm quoting the book of order in a sermon. Uh, hold tight, though. It's, we're not going to leave it in boring land, but, but book of order. There's something called the six great ends of the church. These are the purposes of the church. If you wonder, what is the Presbyterian church about? The first purpose of the church is the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of humankind. That's the first. That's our purpose. So let that be applied to the amen of evangelism. And let's go out there. And let's share the good news. But then there's another bookend. And the final one of the six is the exhibition of the kingdom of heaven to the world. So that phrase, what that means is God reigns. And, and the kingdom of heaven has a certain ethic to it. Where God reigns, God's love reigns. And people are treated with their dignity as those who are created in the image of God. And, and people who have a hard time holding on to life or find themselves in the crosshairs of those who want to snuff it out. Those people are valued and cared for in the heavenly kingdom. And so our job as, as the church is to exhibit the ethics of the kingdom of heaven to the world in how we treat one another, first and foremost. That the church might be an example rather than a cautionary tale. A light. But also there are practical ways that we can make decisions to honor others' lives recognizing that in Christ, life triumphs over death. The amen of ethics. And finally, the amen of praise. It all comes back to that. Offering our hearts, our ecstatic love for God, 
God's greatness. Just this last week, there was a team that won an NBA championship. I don't know if any of you watched that. I, I felt it was kind of charming. It was like a Father's Day moment. All of these little kids running around the stage, jumping up in their dad's arms, it was like a family affair. Um, now, for, for any Celtics fans out there, I do, I do feel for you uh, on that. I happen to be a Warriors fan, so, so yep. We give all kinds of honor to athletes, probably far more than, than they deserve. But there's great celebration. There's a lot of attention given to, to celebrating those accomplishments. We have been through a series where we have talked about that Jesus Christ defeated the powers of death for all time. Amen? For all time. This is a win for the ages. This is the greatest title ever. And it's worthy of celebration. And that celebration begins in our worship. It begins in our heart when it catches fire. When the heat is raised up within us, when we know that God is surely in this place as the one who is victorious over death. And that good news has touched our lives and holds us in the security of God's eternal embrace. And that is true for those who we have walked with who are no longer on this earth but are in the church. What do we call it in the Reformed faith? The church triumphant. Those who have gone before. They don't stop being the church when they're in heaven. They're the triumphant church. Because they are fully experiencing the kingdom of heaven. And that ultimate triumph. And so let's bring the praise of our heart to the Lord. Day in, day out. But make this day. Yes, even for those of us who are at home watching on YouTube. Make this the Lord's day, a day of our amen over and over again. Because life has triumphed in Jesus Christ. Our crucified and risen Savior is victorious. And in response to this good news, what can we say? What can we do? Let the amen sound from his people again. Alleluia. Amen.